This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, I have my very good friend, Eleni Kritzis, joining me. Thank you so much, Eleni, for joining me. No problem at all. I am delighted to finally be on this podcast. I know you've been chasing me for a while, so it's good that we finally teed up a time and I'm doing it. Great. Can you just share with everyone what your role is currently? Yep. So currently I'm the leader of curriculum and innovation at Strathcona Baptist Girls Grammar School here in Melbourne. And I also am the host and founder of Teach Tech Play, which is an online monthly web show where we invite educators from around the world to showcase different ideas um, on the web show, really. So, yeah, that's just a little bit about what I do and my current role. And I also consult as well and help out schools where I can as well. So today you're going to be chatting with me about STEM and how that helps to create lifelong learners. So uh, for those of listeners who have no idea what that is, can you tell us what you mean by STEM? Because you know, I've heard of STEM, STEAM, and you told me about another one 10 minutes ago as we were getting ready for this. So what are you talking about when it comes to STEM? Okay, so STEM is, I like to say it as a little bit of a buzzword that's hit education and also um, politics at the moment about um, our students and um, needing to be prepared with STEM skills. So what is STEM? So STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Mathematics. And we did say STEAM and put an A in there for the arts because we know how important they are as well for our students. And people also add an R in there as well for reading and writing. And yes, I know writing's but with a W, but it's just with an R because it fits nicely with it. And to me, it doesn't matter what the acronym is that you use. To me, it's just about good teaching and learning. And I think for STEM, a lot of teachers will find that they're already doing it in their classrooms, but it's just another name, another thing that sometimes you have to just point out to people, this is a STEM lesson, etc. Okay, so how do you go about then to teach a STEM or STEAM or STREAM type lesson or approach to a unit? Yep, so for me in my role, I think I've got a really unique role where I actually work alongside teachers in my um, current position. So I work with them in the planning stage but also support them in the classroom. So for us, sometimes STEM comes in when we're using robotics and coding, which is sort of the top level, which everyone thinks it's all about. But a lot of your science units also incorporate, you know, your, your maths, your engineering, you know, designing a bridge or designing a veggie patch. Um, and then it can even be no technology, nothing at all, where um, in our junior classes, so our preps, ones and twos, or your foundation or whatever you call it, depending wherever you are in Australia, um, linking fairy tale stories. So when they're looking at fairy tales in literacy, we bring in STEM challenges. So I've had preps design um, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. So they all brought in their teddy bear and they have to use newspaper to construct a chair for their teddy bear to sit on. So it's just about getting kids to expose. And a lot of the STEM activities, which I do, involve them working with each other because I think it's really important that kids aren't isolated. We know in today's workforce and creating these lifelong learners that students 
shouldn't be on their own and shouldn't just be thinking for themselves as it takes multiple brains and we need to listen to the opinions of others and we get ideas from others as well. Um, so all the challenges and all the activities I design, you know, they're always working, collaborating, thinking critically, um, communicating their ideas together. Okay, so I used to be of the impression that STEM, you know, I know it's science, technology, engineering, mathematics, was, that had to be then like cross-curricular in, the, in its approach. Does it have to be cross-curricular or can I just kind of incorporate these things in my PDH, PE, for example, or health and physical education classes? Yeah, you can do it anyway. And, you know, I'm just one teacher and everything I do is integrated because I think when you look at the current curriculum that we have to teach and if you try to add another thing in, it just gets ridiculously overcrowded and, you know, I know what it's like in the classroom. There's no time and things pop up all the time. So I just find natural connections of things where we can integrate it. So um, anywhere you can find those natural fits to your units, I think it's really important that you try and put one of these activities in. I also, at another school I did, we had it on a Friday afternoon. So we would have like a finishing off time. And um, students would just go and they had time to finish off whatever work they hadn't got done during the week and then they could go on to different STEM challenges that I just had a rotation of that they could work through. So you can do it standalone, you can integrate it, you can look at what you're currently doing and then go that way. If you check out my blog or follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you'll see all the activities, nearly every day I do something, I post it to share with others. And I think, you know, if you look online and reach out to others, they are willing to help and share their ideas. I had a teacher actually this morning just message me on Instagram and say, you know, my unit this term um, is about this. Do you have any ideas of how I can make it more hands-on and have the kids creating something? So reach out to me or someone else because there's always ideas out there. Sounds good. And your website for those people who are at home is alettikaritsis.com. Correct. Find Miss Kiritsis on Twitter. Yes. And probably there's a link there that will be easier because I suspect people will struggle to spell your name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just reach out, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Even send me an email if you prefer that way. Yeah. More than happy to share ideas. But, yeah, have a go. It's not hard. And a lot of the things you're already doing in your classroom are STEM-related. Um, you just may not call it that. Yeah, if they have trouble, they can also go to teacherspd.net and I'll put a link on this podcast episode to go straight to your site. Perfect, great. <laughs> so can you tell me then why is STEM important? I, I can kind of see where this is going, but you just yeah. flesh that out a bit more for us. So I think it is important, you know, we hear from the government and everything about preparing our students because we know our world is rapidly changing and we don't know what jobs there are going to be in the future. And it's not just about science, technology, engineering, math, arts or reading and writing, whatever you want to look at it. It's about the way that kids actually communicate and work together. It's the thinking behind STEM, I feel, that is more important than STEM itself. I think STEM allows them to develop those critical thinking skills, those creativity, collaboration. You know, people call them the soft skills or other people call them, you know, they've got the all core these... skills? The core skills, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, there's... <laughs> there's so many terms I've heard some very interesting ones but they are what is important I think for our students today to learn to compromise and understand and problem solve and solve problems in a natural way so any opportunity you can give them of these open-ended tasks in 
class, I think is really beneficial for them in the future. So how do you then see STEM and that whole approach creating lifelong learners? How how does it equip them for future learning that they're going to do? I think that when they come across a problem, they don't just sit back and go, I'm not sure how to do that, that they actually start to prototype, start to think, start to use their knowledge of different um, subject domains and pull it together and bring it all together to make change because our world isn't standalone anymore. And even in schools, you know, um, subjects are in a lot of places and, you know, even at my school in secondary school, they are, are taught standalone but kids start to notice connections between them like everything they learn is connected and you know I love primary teaching because everything you do is connected so you can link everything so easily but what we're starting to do at my school is in the secondary is actually have teachers talk on planning days and find natural connections so in IT we're upskilling them with how to use micro bits and then they're using them in science so they're not having to learn those fundamental basic skills in one, but then they're applying it to solve science problems in another subject. And then in history, then they're applying things from their science unit to their history. So we're creating units that sort of go cross-curriculum rather than standalone so kids can apply their skills everywhere. Yeah, I've got to agree that cross-curriculum teaching is actually it's so much fun to do, I know. Uh, because I was a founding teacher at Cedar College in New South Wales and just being involved in the whole process of setting up our cross-curricular approach because you know, we're at senior schools, so we only have year 11 and 12 students, but what we do is very much a primary school type approach in the sense that we have a one teacher to one classroom model. So the one teacher is teaching all the subjects and then just that interweaving of units and bringing everything together is just its so much better. It's had so much more meaning to it and so much more uh, real-life, authentic audience to it as well, I think. Uh, it just yeah. expands that exponentially. Yeah, so, and it's, it's amazing in that sense that with the curriculum, once people start talking, you know, I know even with our science and maths teachers, they're like, oh, that connects to what we've been learning and then, well, in IT, we can look at this this term, which will support you in doing a project related to that. And you can easily do it. It's just about getting teachers to talk. And even if you've got a buddy at school, have a chat to them and say, right, let's pick something and do something together and work together. And I think you can really make a difference. And the kids remember those lessons more than the textbook or the whatever other lessons. The hands-on lessons is brings meaning you know you learn more by doing than just hearing so definitely yeah. so if i am listening to this podcast i have fairly new to stem i don't know what where where do i go to start what am i what am i meant to do right now okay so for me i would if you're not on twitter or instagram i would definitely get on there and have a look at what other people are doing um but also just check out my blog i have got so many stem ideas just practical little easy challenges so even getting going to your craft cupboard and just getting out all random materials and putting them in brown paper bags. And this is a great one for the start of the term, start of the year, whatever. And I just put things in the bag and I give them to the kids. Sometimes I read a picture storybook if I link it to something and I say, right, now you have to make a bird, for instance. So only using the materials in the bag. And, you know, some of them look at it and go, what on earth am I going to do with a plastic cup and a piece of paper? And then hearing and seeing them design, create, they really start to 
put things together and work and do things. So even little challenges like that or giving different kids different materials. So even, again, a brown paper bag, someone gets straws, another person gets pipe cleaners, cups, paper, newspaper, whatever materials you have. It doesn't have to be expensive. And, you know, read um, The Three Billy Goats Gruff or any bridge story and say you need to construct a bridge that is no bigger than an A3 piece of paper and can hold a matchbox car. You know, you'll be amazed with what the kids come up with and what they can design and create. So it doesn't have to be rocket science with, you know, automatic watering systems to garden beds that the kids have designed to robotics coming over and cutting the vegetables. Like that's, that's extreme. But you can just do little things that the kids love are hands-on. And, you know, I know in primary schools, sometimes especially end of the term, kids are exhausted, end of the day, and you need something. They love those sort of challenges and taking something home that they've made, they really enjoy that. So giving them those opportunities and you can connect challenges like that to any unit of work you're doing. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Eleni. It's been wonderful to chat to you and I hope everyone really does get a lot out of this podcast and that they come and have a look at your resources. I'm actually looking at them right now. They look really good. They are very pink, but they're very good. <laughs> yes, and my website has a pink theme, but yeah, please reach out and you know, this is a very short conversation, but, you know, even check out Teach Tech Play. A lot of what I've done, I've shared on episodes there as well. So reach out, always willing to help as well. So thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit teacherspd.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.